a shorthanded chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And that big woo is partly directed at the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who have broken the stalemate and the standoff between uh, the coaching carousel that is uh, just getting going in the National Hockey League and the hiring of one Bruce Cassidy as he takes over as the third coach in franchise history. That coming down uh, just in the last uh, 90 minutes. The Vegas Golden Knights coming to terms uh, with the former coach of the Boston Bruins. The uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, watch has been on uh, along with a couple of other candidates for the last uh, little bit and uh, I think that, uh, that Vegas gets the best coach available when you talk about high profile winning track record and bursting onto the scene uh, in the last uh, little bit due to the fact that he wasn't really expected to be available. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when when we rewind the clock to Kelly McCrimmon's press conference after Pete DeBoer was relieved of his duties and we kind of fast forward to right now at that moment in time, Bruce Cassidy wasn't even an option on the table. There were questions about his future with the Bruins for sure, but it, it didn't feel like at that moment that was the direction for the Golden Knights. But the benefit of time, the benefit of taking your time with this search allowed for all avenues to be explored, and that is how the Golden Knights find themselves with Bruce Cassidy as their next head coach. Uh, I'm not a patient person, uh, but this proves uh, <laughs> that, this. that taking uh, your time and going through and, and uh, making sure that you, you touch every avenue and explore every direction that you possibly can uh, is well worth it. Uh, I, I'm somewhat surprised that Vegas was first because I thought uh, maybe one of the other teams would uh, not necessarily with Bruce, but uh, would would have got word on this and then gone down a different path. But uh, Vegas leads the way uh, in uh, in hiring one of the vacancies and filling one of the vacancies uh, out of this. Uh, they get uh, a coach that uh, that uh, grew into uh, a very confident and high-profile bench boss in his time in Boston, which was his second go-around in the National Hockey League. He actually joined Boston as an assistant coach, then took over from uh, Claude Julien, and in the last six years has made the playoffs every year. And there's only two coaches who have done that, made the playoffs every year in the last six seasons. One is into his third straight Stanley Cup final and John Cooper and the other one is uh, coaching Sidney Crosby and Jenny Malkin uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins in Mike Sullivan so that's some pretty heady company yeah I mean it, it just stands 
to to kind of underpin just how good and how consistent Bruce Cassidy has been with the Boston Bruins. You you look at kind of all the numbers. They're they're a team over the past five six years that has been in the in the top half of the league in terms of production goals for. Uh, they've been top five top six in in goals against over the last five or six years like the metrics for Bruce Cassidy and what the Boston Bruins have been able to do scoring defending it's all right there and it's no surprise that he's been very very successful and has won a ton of games is this a a huge win for Vegas when you look at uh, acquiring Bruce Cassidy and I asked that question with an answer because I think it is. I think they got the best coach available, and they jumped on it. Part of that is being first. Uh, part of it uh, is is going out and securing the services of a guy who was a little surprised to be let go uh, and uh, and didn't expect to be uh, on the open market. And when he did become available, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, obviously didn't hesitate. I mean, he was out of work, what, eight days? Uh, about that? No, just just about yeah, just about just about eight days. Like okay, I, yeah, just I, I, pers- I, perspective though, perspective on the eight days mm-hmm. thing. That's mm-hmm. the break that the Colorado Avalanche had in the Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs between the third round and the championship series. That's the same sure. number of days. Just let that sink in. No, I, I mean, I, I think that when Bruce Cassidy became available, you and I on this program talked about how the fit seemed to be there for the Vegas Golden Knights. You look at the talent that this team has. It's a roster that it's that's built to win right now. I, I think that it made the most sense. Like, Barry Trotz was an interesting name. I, I think you can kind of... Um, argue best coach available between Bruce Cassidy and Barry Trotz, but I think that I had it one, two, those two guys leading the charge. That was the cream of the crop with this new coaching um, carousel. And, and to me, like I, I just, I look at the success that Bruce Cassidy had. I look at what he was able to do this season in, in continuing to coach a Boston team that had gone through injuries, just like the Vegas Golden Knights had, that had still kind of found a way to get themselves to the playoffs and show well against the conference cha- or, or the 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 uh, division champion in the the Carolina Hurricanes. Like I, I think that all the boxes are there that needed to be checked off for the Golden Knights, and you know special teams plays a role for sure. And Bruce Cassidy's been a, a good special teams coach. He's gotten results on the power play. He's gotten results on the penalty kill. And everything that the Golden Knights were looking to address this offseason, I think you check those boxes with Bruce. Yeah, I, I think that he's uh, a, a better fit than, than Barry Trotz in the sense of uh, Barry's incredibly talented as a head coach, but very, very yeah. structured. Uh, and... Bruce has a, a little bit more freedom in this game, and I, I think both mm-hmm. both have values, right? Like if if you're on a team yeah. uh, that that requires that kind of structure, like Barry's Barry's shown it in the past. He's won a Stanley Cup, uh, and and was a long time in, in Nashville. But uh, but for Bruce, uh, just a, a little bit more freedom with his top players, which is something that he really prides himself in. And then uh, he he leans on players and coaches them hard uh, with uh, with the idea of, of pointing towards a victory. So there's it's almost like he's a hybrid. 
uh, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, if I can speak. I, I'm looking forward to talking to him. He's going to join us uh, uh, later on this week. We'll have a chance to uh, to speak with uh, Bruce. Uh, he'll be introduced uh, to uh, to everybody. Uh, sounds like on Thursday um, uh, after he gets to Vegas. So uh, so we'll be able to to pick his brain a little bit on on philosophies. But uh, but I do I do think that the fit wise, like t- Trotz and, and Cassidy were were clearly. Uh, uh, the coveted guys that, that Vegas could go after. Uh, I call them the big three with uh, with the board uh, out there. But uh, when you look at those two, Cassidy, just a little bit better fit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think I said as much this morning on, on the, the press box with, with Ed and Tyler in that, you know, both candidates – Barry Trotz, Bruce Cassidy can win with this roster. Like it's it's a roster built to win. If you're looking to win, the Golden Knights, Vegas should be at the top of your board if you are a coach looking for a job. But in terms of what Bruce is going to bring to the table, and I think the the freedom that you're talking about there, Darren, like that was something that you know we heard in in some of the exit interviews and some of the 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 players kind of talking about going out, trusting in instincts a little bit more, having the freedom to. Uh, to try some different things or rely on instincts a little bit more. If you're able to get that within the structure, then that's kind of the best case scenario for the Golden Knights. And you you wonder if Bruce Cassidy, fresh voice, new look, might be able to unlock some of the potential of of these players for the Golden Knights that might have had some underwhelming seasons. Uh, I talked to an assistant coach in the league today, and we were bouncing this around uh, after the news uh, broke this afternoon. And one of the things that he told me, which I thought was was really interesting, it wasn't about philosophy as a coach. It wasn't about uh, another opportunity uh, so fast uh, or anything like that. He said he will be, Bruce Cassidy will be hungry to win. And I thought that was a, a really uh, telling statement from a, a fellow coach in the National Hockey League. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, six years with the Boston Bruins as a head coach, uh, went to a Stanley Cup final, uh, expected uh, to be back with Boston next year, is not, and is really, really focused on getting things done and, and capitalizing on the ultimate prize, uh, not just uh, not just standing behind the bench and, and occupying one of the 32 jobs, but is determined uh, to be a winner. And uh, th- this person uh, got that uh, certainly from uh, knowing him a little bit in the league, but also listening to him and his media availability after the Boston decision. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a lot to prove, right? Like you're you're in a position where I think there's a lot of pride in, in certain things, but after the season that Bruce Cassidy had with the Boston Bruins, I think it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous that he's not still the coach of the Boston Bruins. I don't look at that scenario and say that Bruce Cassidy was the issue or the problem. I would look at you know, some I would look at roster construction before I'd look at coaching because your coach did his job. He got you to the playoffs. He got you where he needed to get you. And fortunately, you just came up against a better team in the color in the Carolina Hurricanes. But you know, all that being said, I think that you know Bruce certainly is the fall guy right now in Boston, um, and I think a motivated Bruce Cassidy to go out and show what a mistake the Boston Bruins made is the benefit of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
What do we know about Bruce Cassidy? Well, he's 57 years old, uh, was a player, a defenseman uh, during his uh, formative uh, time, uh, was drafted as a first-rounder of the Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, played a handful of games, but was dogged by knee injuries. And uh, during the course of his uh, minor league experience, and then played some years uh, overseas uh, as well, uh, actually went from the International League, playing uh, for the Indianapolis Ice to coaching in the ECHL in the same season. Retired as a player (laughs) in one league Mm -hmm. and then started coaching in another league in the same season and has is is a career coach uh was hired by uh by George McPhee actually with the Washington Capitals for his first uh, taste in the National Hockey League and then went back and coached in the minors and in junior and then eventually got the job uh, with the uh with the Boston Bruins as an assistant coach and was with that organization for uh, almost a decade that that's impressive yeah, I mean he's he's been kind of you know the the guy that that had a, I don't want to say it's almost like two coaching careers in the NHL, but you get kind of a taste early, a taste young, and then you go back and you go through the ranks once again. And by the second time Bruce Cassidy had a head coaching gig in the NHL, he was leaps and bounds better than he was the first time. And, and I think that that growth, that development, that that understanding of, of how you've got to go about your business day in and day out has served him incredibly well. He's had the benefit of, of coaching some phenomenal players in Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, but it's it's what he's been able to do, not just with those guys, but around the edges too, in, in making Boston a very deep, very committed, very strong team from a depth perspective that, that has my attention. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a player's coach. But uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. call him John Tortorella-ish sure. either. <laughs> I, I think he's far enough away from both edges uh, to yeah. uh, to have take him out of the running from either one of those titles. So, like, where where would you where would you assess Pete DeBoer? Right, like as as in terms of the the player coach spectrum, because. I, like I guess, kind of the big question is: Does it feel like it's it's enough of a quote new voice or enough of a departure from the demeanor of say a Pete DeBoer? Yeah, I, I think there are different coaches, uh, mm-hmm. d- very uh, similar in in a lot of ways, uh, and and like along the same track where you could you could watch them and 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 uh, look at their work and uh, certainly the successes are there uh, from from both sides. But uh, uh, it's it's funny because I I think of of, of Pete as intense, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and certainly carries uh, that that edge with him. Uh, but uh, I I do believe that uh, that Bruce Cassidy uh, is probably a, a sterner cloak like closer uh, on in the other side of that, uh, which is is my observation of it. I I think mm-hmm. that uh, that. Uh, there's times where where he does uh, put down the hammer uh, on players, but he also uh, has had uh, the ability to have uh, that that perfection line and and different uh, different players uh, where he gives uh, a, a lot of freedom and uh, and and is able to uh, 
coax and 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 push them along uh, with the uh, with the with the right handling of them. So uh, I, I myself I, I think that uh, that uh, they're different, but mm-hmm. in the same vein, their successes do put them uh, in, in in a similar vein. I, I think I think I think there's more of an edge with with Bruce Cassidy. Edge is the wrong word. But uh, mm-hmm. but a, a, a tougher line approach uh, than uh, than 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 with Pete. Uh, but others may totally disagree with that. Yeah, I, I I agree with your assessment of intensity with Pete DeBoer. Like we we were around it. We know how much um, goes into the the planning, the preparation, the 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 understanding of the details and where you need to be and what your job, what your role is night in and night out. Like the intensity for Pete DeBoer was there. Is it fair to say maybe not edge, but demand a little bit more demanding of a head coach in Pete in, uh, in Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like uh, Pete's uh, behind the scenes. I think Pete's closer, uh, more players guy. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Butch would be uh, on the other side, but uh, I don't think that there's discernible, difference between the two but if you're if you're parting ways with one uh you want a different uh presence in in the room and this definitely Mm -hmm. does offer uh, a a different presence i mean butch cassidy was going to be on team canada's olympic staff if the national hockey league participated in the beijing games as was pete DeBoer. uh so uh very highly thought of uh, along with uh with john cooper and and that staff so uh i think that uh that uh, he's the, the track record and the resume is is highly thought of. I mean, he he's one of three coaches. Get this, three coaches yeah. ever with a six fifty plus winning percentage over six years in a row. The other two, mm, yeah, Scotty Bowman and Glenn Sather. That's pretty darn impressive uh, grouping <laughs> uh, that you put. And then you you add in that other one where uh, where uh, the 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 company with Mike Sullivan and and John Cooper making the playoffs mm-hmm. the last 6 years there's there's a lot to like uh and and being able to hire a guy and come to terms with a with somebody that everybody in the league is is surprised that he's on the market is a massive win for the Vegas Golden Knights and another one where uh we're we're used to Vegas getting the best person available and it's usually the players uh, mm-hmm. Over the course uh, of the last number of years, well, uh, this time they get the the coach. Yeah, you're you're right on the money. Like, I, you give me 250 wins or thereabouts, a handful away from 250 wins in 400 games. Like, you're you're on to something special, right? And and I think that that's that's the case to be made here with with Bruce Cassidy. Like, I I think he's only going to get better. Uh, as a coach, I, I look at the roster for the Vegas Golden Knights, and you start to think about the the players Bruce now has at his disposal. And he's had some great ones in Boston, but you start to think about Jack Eichel, where his game can go under Bruce Cassidy. You start to think about you know Jonathan Marchessault. You start to think about Mark Stone, and if he's healthy, where his game can go under Bruce Cassidy. And then you turn your attention to the defensive side of the puck, and you start to think about Shea Theodore. In the middle, in 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 the neutral zone, on the rush, jumping in, 
and having that freedom there. And the same thing with Alex Petrangelo. Like the, the, the talent for the Golden Knights is there for Bruce Cassidy to really make something special happen. So I'll give you an example of uh, a Bruce Cassidy decision that directly impacted his team's success. Uh, this mm-hmm. year, the, the Boston Bruins were good. And then they dropped back, and they were good. They was it was they they were okay, but they were almost trying to decide: okay, are we are we going to be a contender in the Eastern Conference, or are we going to be in a team that's going to just battle for a playoff spot? Uh, they were in that no man's land. Uh, Bruce Cassidy shakes up his lineup uh, right around January, and that perfection line that. Uh, most people are aware of with David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, and Patrice Bergeron, one of the top lines in the National Hockey League, was split up. They made a change there. And they put uh, Jake DeBrusque, who had previously asked for a trade, uh, they put Jake (laughs) DeBrusque up with Bergeron and Marchand, and they made up a line uh, with David Pasternak, Taylor Hall, and Eric Halla. That drew uh, very uh, curious eyeballs uh, from around. Like, why would you break up the big three, the perfection Mm -hmm. line? But it worked. And for the rest of the season, the Boston Bruins had the third best record. And it helped turn their season around, vault them into a signed, sealed, and uh, delivered playoff spot. And then the team goes into the first round and takes the third best club during the regular season uh, in the Carolina Hurricanes to Game Seven uh, in mm-hmm. in the first round. Lost a uh, Game Seven on the road, but uh, I think that's one of those decisions that you can directly attribute to the coach. It's not the motivation. It's not the talking. It's not the uh, uh, X and O strategy per se from uh, breakouts and power play and all that, but decision mm-hmm. to adjust the lineup and make a big decision to to change that, that top two lines. Yeah, and it's it's putting yourself out there too as the coach, right? Like you're going to have people second guess your decision, especially when it came to breaking up the perfection line. But it it got, you know, it got Pasternak going, it got Jake DeBrus going, it got the most mileage out of your top six for the Boston Bruins, and and it really allowed that team to go on a, on a run and, and put themselves in a strong position toward the playoffs. So now he walks into a room that's full of veterans and a team that's looking to bounce back from the injury plague campaign and missing the postseason for the first time. Uh, there's a, uh, a room full of, uh, of athletes who themselves and as a group are trying to, and hopeful, very much hopeful, of showing that last year was a complete fluke. Everybody's motivated, but it's also a very strong dressing room, uh, saturated with top of the league talent. What's that like to walk into? Well, Bruce Cassidy's first coaching job with Washington back in 2002, mm-hmm. he strolled into a room that possessed Yarmir Yager, Prime, Sergei Gonchar. Peter Bondra, some like big-time players. We're talking Hall of Fame players. Mm-hmm. His second coaching job, he strolls in, 
And Zidane Chara is in the room. Patrice Bergeron is in the room. So he's done this before, where he's walked into a dress room with established big-time talent. So that's there's no intimidation there at all uh, on behalf of, of, of Bruce Cassidy. Very comfortable in his own skin. Very confident in his abilities. And I think that is significant uh, as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, I, I don't think that there's going to be a, a moment of this being too big for Bruce Cassidy in any way. Like you, you point to the, the, the challenges he's faced already as a coach. You talk about the personalities he's dealt with as a coach, and, and in in every instance, he's come out on the other side a, a better a better coach for it. So I, I think that you know there's a shared motivation between this Golden Knights team going out next season and proving the world to the world that they are better than what their record indicated last season. And you've got a coach in Bruce Cassidy who is out to prove the world that he was not the issue in Boston. Like you've got two different factions, highly motivated coming together as one unit next season. It's going to be really fun to watch. I wonder how much his head is swirling. Because that's a really quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah. Remember, in, in Boston, he said he expected to be back. He was told he was going to be back. And then Don Sweeney yeah. and the Boston Bruins uh, said that they, they took a deeper dive into it and opted for the change. So that's twofold where you're surprised. Uh, one, you're like, oh, two, you are under the understanding that you're going to be back. Uh, so you're, you're, you're doubly taken uh, uh, back by it. Then eight days later, you're, you're coaching on the uh, other side of the country in, in Las Vegas. And uh, that, that happened really, really fast. And, and it had to happen fast. Because he's that coveted of a of a head coach, why did everything bog down in in the coaching carousel? We said yesterday because Bruce Cassidy had come available, and everybody was doing their due diligence on on that front, uh, trying to uh, uh, sort out uh, their their list of candidates and the uh, order of it. So uh, uh, it's it's a really fast paced transaction that just occurred here in Vegas acquiring uh, Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, but it, it's it's to me like one of those situations where you you know that once that news hit, once Bruce Cassidy was on the market that it would be short order before Kelly McCrimmon would pick up the phone and try to get that interview because you know again as 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 we've said multiple times, the Golden Knights, this Vegas team is a destination for everybody in the NHL. Not just unrestricted free agents, not just players, but coaches as well. And, and I think that, that you know you, you have an opportunity to go out there, something falls to you. Right. Real surprise to me that the Golden Knights were, were jumping on that opportunity to see if it was a fit. And once it became apparent that it was, they made it happen and they made it happen quick. Well, the quote that was uh, included... In the press release, I'm excited to join an organization that shares my commitment to winning and can't wait to get to work with the talent that's been assembled in Vegas. It's been impressive to watch the city embrace the Golden Knights from afar. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, That's I, awesome. I, I mean, it, it, it goes to show what has happened over the last five seasons here with the Vegas Golden Knights and the fan base, right? Like, this is a team and this is a, a community that loves this hockey club. And I think that when you're able to see that from all the different cities around the NHL, when you start to understand how much the the Golden Knights mean to Vegas and vice versa, um, and then you look at just the, the world-class facilities, you look at the, the commitment to going out and trying to improve the team every single offseason, it's all there. And, and it's it's attractive for a number of different reasons. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we're working on a couple of uh, guests on the show. Uh, it's going to uh, bring uh, a little bit more background to the Bruce Cassidy announcement that he is the third head coach in the Vegas Golden Knights uh, history. Uh, we'll bring you that. Plus, uh, we're sneaking up on Game 1, uh, the 2022 Stanley Cup Final. And news and notes, uh, one-timers also on the way. Some really interesting stuff uh, has happened in the last uh, 24 hours that we can nibble on. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. News broke mid-afternoon. The Vegas Golden Knights have filled their coaching vacancy and Bruce Cassidy is the third coach in franchise history coming over from the Boston Bruins. Uh, it's just been eight days since uh, that announcement, uh, the split with the Bruins uh, came about. So it's uh, happened fast and furious. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, with you in the VGK Insider Show. And pleased to bring in Fluter Shinzawa uh, from The Athletic, senior writer. You can follow him on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's a great follow. Uh, lots of information. And Fluter, just uh, thanks for joining us. I know this has happened quickly and uh, you've, uh, you've accepted my my plea to come on and give us some inside information <laughs> and background. But uh, what what's your assessment on, are, should we all be surprised that Bruce was even on the market? Uh, yes and no, Darren. I think uh, you look at the record, it speaks for itself, right? Six straight seasons uh, uh, in the playoffs. You look at some of the players that he coached. Brad Marchand becomes the best all-around left wing in the game. Patrice Bergeron goes from the mostly defensive stuff to uh, an optimal offensive player, um, power play guy, and then and then happens to win his fifth Selkie. So you go down the line. There's a lot of good things that Bruce did here, but on the other side, management felt that most critically it was his relationship, um, especially with the young players, um, Jake DeBrusque in particular. It got to a point where Jake wanted out on multiple occasions just because he had gotten uh, it, it had gotten so bad in terms of the relationship. Um, I think what you guys will, will certainly find out quickly is that Bruce is is honest to a, to a fault even, and that's what was the issue here was that the way that he interacted with his players, well, some of them didn't react well to to what they were being told. It was firm. It was at times. Uh, public on the bench or uh, in the in the video room, for example, in front of all their teammates. So I, I think that rubbed a lot of players um, poorly. And it wasn't just restricted to young players either. Nick Foligno was his second oldest player on the team, and he didn't like how he was being used. Um, so you can see both sides of it, uh, but it's it's a great pickup for for Vegas. The the fit is is optimal in terms of that roster and Bruce's history and his strengths. Um, uh, it should be nothing but uh, results. 
Fluter Shinzawa with, with us. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, make sure that, uh, that you give him a, a good, uh, solid like for us. Uh, so what what how would you describe his coaching style? Uh, X and O's, is it, uh, it doesn't sound like players coach necessarily. Uh, and I said I didn't think he was torts. Uh, how would you describe him having been around him for a number of years? Yeah, he's not He's not going to be the guy that's going to go in the room and, and, and get them all fired up before the game in terms of a pregame speech and, and, and inspiration on this and that. A very, very straightforward, very matter-of-fact, here's what you have to do. Here's what the other team likes to do. Here's what our team will do to beat them. Um, yes, very, very detail-oriented, very structured, uh, loves being at the rink. It's, it's his favorite place to be, uh, knows players in and out, is, is huge on video, uh, can spend all day in front of his laptop looking at power plays and, and PKs and, and structure and this and that. So ultimately his strength in terms of style of play is defense. Best in show in terms of expected goals against for the Bruins this past season. I think top three in all six seasons. Now you can say that's <laughs> that's partly the roster, Tuukka Rask, namely um, in goal, and, and Patrice Bergeron, and, and before that Dano Char before he left. So, but they didn't have Tuukka this year, uh, save for a few games after he comes back. Uh, they didn't have Zdeno, so it's that is that is absolutely Bruce's uh, meat and potatoes. That they will be defensively structured. Uh, it'll be a zone defense. Um, there will be multiple layers in front of of the goal, goalie um, in terms of of structural reinforcements when it comes to defense. And then when they go on the attack, it'd be five men. Um, he doesn't like guys blowing the zone. It'll be okay. Make sure your defensive end is buttoned up, and then off we go. Um, and then once they go, they'll they'll be encouraged. Uh, Petrangelo and those guys, they will, they will all be encouraged to join the rush um, and go on the attack and, and support from, from the blue line. So you look at the, the talent and the, what they have in terms of firepower, um, offense. Now, that was a problem in, in Boston, that the five-on-five offense was the issue. But you look at the roster, there's a lot of players in their prime uh, up front. So that, that should be, Bruce should enjoy that for sure. BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, Fluter Shinzawa with us uh, talking about the big news uh, of the day, big news of the week, uh, as Bruce Cassidy has joined the Vegas Golden Knights as the third coach of franchise history. Ryan? Hey, you know, Fluter, you brought up the fit with Vegas being pretty optimal for, for Bruce Cassidy as well. You talked about kind of his strengths as a coach. Which current Golden Knights players are you looking at and saying these are the guys that should take a, a big step under new head coach Bruce Cassidy? Well, the, the one that will be fascinating is, is Eichel. Um, you would think that this is going to be the, the most uh, Bruce likes to say you'll be pushed. So, so that will be that Jack will, will, will be no exception that he will hold him accountable. He'll be making sure that Jack is, is playing uh, optimally defensively, and then once they go, then he, then he's free to to do what he does on offense. Uh, he'll be heavily used on the power play. I would expect that he'd be that half wall guy still. Um, so that will be that will be really really uh, fun to watch because hey, you have to say to this point that Jack has not met his expectations that he came into the league with. Um, and assuming the health is okay um, and there's there's enough around him. Uh, I, I would suspect that we are going to see uh, a, a, a different 
or, or perhaps the next st- in the stage of, of Jack's development and evolution as a player, and it will be all around that this will be. He's gonna, he's gonna Bruce hold the the Patrice Bergeron example up to to Jack and say this is the type of of hockey that you want to play, and if you can't play to that, you're gonna be held accountable. Um, so, uh, and and perhaps that will be how Jack creates his offense too. Uh, a lot of it on the attack once he takes care of the stuff uh, in the D zone. So that will be one to watch. Um, I would expect some of these veteran guys. It doesn't look like there's that many young players on the Vegas roster. So. Um, you look at the Stones and the Carlsons and the, and the Maxes, uh, Petrangelo, um, Bruce will, will give them room to uh, to run for sure. Uh, a huge uh, bonus getting Fluters and Zawa on the uh, show today. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, curious, uh, as we let you go, uh, did you think he was going to end up in Vegas? Uh, was that the obvious choice for you, for Bruce Cassidy, or where did you see it? Yes and no. I thought I thought Detroit because I thought the original six would really appeal to Bruce, uh, getting to work with Steve and getting the chance to build something long term. But let's face it, that was what uh, ideally three years before that that organization would be in the, in the cup conversation. This is this is immediate. This is the the roster and and, and how everything is built there to win now. That's Bruce, and that's what he said his goal is. He wants his name on the Stanley Cup. So uh, you add that up, and you look at some of the other vacancies. You'd, you'd have, I think everybody would agree that Vegas' roster, of the teams that were looking for coaches, probably the, the closest to cup contending, um, and that's what Bruce wants. Uh, who knows about the future, whether Detroit might be the, the, the more stable thing long-term, but in terms of the now and, and for the immediate tomorrow, um, yeah, that, that's a great fit, Bruce, in Vegas. You followed him a, a long time, covered him a long time with the Boston Bruins. I owe you one for uh, bringing this insight. Uh, thanks for uh, dropping everything and coming on the show for us today. Pleasure. Appreciate uh, Fluter Zawa from The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, Fluter Zawa, uh, And uh, check it out. Uh, he's from Boston. He's covered the Boston Bruins. Uh, interesting about the Jack Eichel uh, conversation. We'll get more into that uh, as we continue. But time for a break. Uh, we've got uh, Sam and Ash coming up next. The Legal Minute talking shoes and the impersonator in the NBA Finals. Yeah, you, you can't make this up. Uh, we'll walk towards that on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Let's get into it. Uh, Take a break from the big news of the day with the Bruce Cassidy announcement joining the Vegas Golden Knights as the third coach in franchise history. And if we're going to take a break, there's nobody better to do it with than uh, Ashley from uh, Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com. This is the Legal Minute. So uh, there's some... uh, a uh, little bit of uh, fighting going on between Adidas and Nike. They're not happy with each other. Well, are you guys surprised? No, not really. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more surprised that, that this is the first time it's happened in a bit. I, I know. These guys are going back and forth. They they file these lawsuits and make these claims all the time. And listen, guys, these, are the, these lawsuits are the only disputes we... Uh, in the regular society hear about because they become public record. Just think about how many letters these lawyers send back and forth between one another saying, your sneaker looks too much like my sneaker. You need to stop selling that sneaker. So this is an ongoing war that will continue. Ryan, give us the Coles notes of, of the back and forth between the two. 
Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because Adidas is is alleging that Nike is infringing on nine of their patents, and and a lot of it has to do with with technology, but the other aspect of it are are apps, right? Like the the Nike Run Club and the Nike Training Club, uh, as as kind of infringement examples. Adidas is seeking an order to block Nike from infringing on some of their patents, as well as, quote, damages in an amount sufficient to compensate Adidas for the defendant's infringement. So I I guess this is kind of the the big overarching question is, like, does it sound like Adidas has enough to claim this lawsuit to stick? Well, look, if uh, one thing to, to get clear is in order to practice patent law, you actually have to take a special bar exam. So this oh. is really above my pay grade, but I will wage in here and say, you know, as a lawyer, we can't file lawsuits. If there's absolutely meritless claims, you will get sanctioned. You would face penalties. You're putting your license on the line. So take that with um, a grain of salt, I guess, because lawsuits do get filed all the time that, you know, don't necessarily have valid claims underlying them. But the important thing here is I'm sure these organizations were going back and forth in letters before this suit was filed, but we see this around town. Apps are the future. Sports betting apps are what is driving our town here in Vegas. We know the win, their head honcho got nixed because their sports book is falling behind what we see at BetMGM, William Hill, Circa Sportsbook. So I don't, I'm not surprised that the argument in the center of this fight has to do with Adidas's apps and their future digital technology and IP. It's so important these days. Are you a Nike or a Adidas person? Oh, you know, it actually kind of depends on the sport for me. But look, I mm. I played basketball. Kobe was my hero. I so I followed him throughout his shoe path, and he started at Adidas. And when I was in high school, I believe he switch to Nike, so I went with him. Nice. So that's where I'm kind of at. What uh, What was your reaction when you heard that this person, uh, the doppelganger of Clay Thompson, uh, walked in uh, <laughs> through security, got into the building, uh, the NBA Finals, got onto the floor uh, during warm-up, uh, and then eventually they figured it out, and now he's yeah. uh, he's banned for life from uh, the arena and uh, and is is uh, really been uh, called onto the onto the floor about this. What was your reaction? I'm my reaction is how many security guards were fired as yes. a result of this. <laughs> um, that's the more interesting storyline. I, you know, this guy. I think he had a he had a ticket, so he kind of had a right to be there. If no one stopped him and he wasn't actually holding out credentials that were plagiarizer, you know, counterfeit, saying he was Clay Thompson, and no one stopped him. That's on them. Like that's on the building. Yes, he trespassed, but he didn't do anything wrong. So I think this is another reason why uh, San Francisco is not my favorite place. They can't laugh at themselves. Would, would you fight that if you were if you were that guy? Yeah, you know I would, or I'd find a new team to root for. Frankly, <laughs> I mean, like, the the organization had used him in some of their social media posts. They featured him. They, they were in on the joke. So. For them to now do this to him, it's just short-sighted, and it, it shows a lack of big-picture judgment by an organization, in my opinion. Fascinating, Ryan. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, like, you start to get into hypotheticals. Like, what if uh, the person that, that was impersonating Clay Thompson did something wrong or something unsavory happened? Then you start getting into kind of who's at fault, who's to blame. And yet, I, I still think you look at this, and as you mentioned, Ash, like, it's, it's the fact that security kind of dropped the ball here and that that should really be the main focus out of this story is not that someone was able to get down to the floor because they looked like a player, but the fact that security wasn't there or didn't do their jobs in, in preventing that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we've gone over this with like the streakers, the people that run on the field or the court or tie themselves to a tennis net. If they get hurt because a light in the arena falls, suddenly they have a claim against the arena. But if they get hurt tripping and, like, as they jump over a chair to get onto the court, that's not on the, the arena, and that's not on the, the stadium, that's on them. So it could have gotten worse, but all in all, I think this was a, a funny joke, a simple prank, and no one was hurt, and he shouldn't be banned for life, so I hope he challenges it. Hey, could Clay Thompson uh, have any recourse because this, this, <laughs> if, this person walked through impersonating him? <laughs> I, I think a lot more people know about Clay Thompson now than, you know, before. But uh, realistically, no, the guy wasn't trying to make money off of his likeness and portrayal of Clay Thompson. So there's no real misappropriation of his identity or his image, name, image, or likeness. So, no, I don't see anything like that. Fun stuff. I wonder how he got caught. I haven't heard that part, uh, how they, how they well, figured it out. I, I think he got caught because he was Instagramming it the whole time. He was posting about it. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I, I think he, he kind of sold himself out, but gosh, man, well done. Oh, well done. If he, if he would have gone into the game, I mean, the Celtics would have liked it <laughs> uh, uh, for, for sure. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, what do you think of our uh, big coaching announcement today? Hey, I'm a fan. I like it. I think this is um, new energy into our team, hopefully a new identity and maybe a a power play that actually knows how to score. Um, so I'm excited. I'm always optimistic about these things, and you know how I am. I, I, I'm not going to be negative about it or think of anything like that. I think it's a, a great addition. I trust the front office, and, and they're making the right moves. Power play over the last six years when he was with the Boston Bruins, fourth in the National Hockey League over those uh, six yeah. years. So uh, there you go. You're right on the money. There you As go. usual, Ash. I'm I try, guys. And, hey, happy birthday, Ryan. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you do something special and celebrate. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I uh, I, I got my my beautiful gift this morning from my family, and it was in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gift bag. So, like, everything, all the boxes have been checked already for my birthday. It's fantastic. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. A, a birthday present that comes in a TMNT bag is a win from the start. <laughs> doesn't even matter what's in it. Yeah, you got the acronym exactly. down. You're right on it. Uh, there's <laughs> Ashley Watkins from uh, Salmon Ash Law, SalmonAshLaw.com. Uh, have a great week. Uh, this is fun as usual. Oh, thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. Uh, yeah, you she, she, uh, we were going to do that in, in hour number two about the big birthday thing, but, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, good. Normal. Yeah. It's just a day, just a day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm that guy when it comes to birthdays, like it's, it's more or less at this point in my life, just, just a day. Um, but no, it's been a good day. It's, it's been a good day. We're going to have some, uh, we're going to go out, uh, after, after the show and, 
have a nice dinner. But outside of that, it's it's been nice and relaxing. And you know, I'm really stoked to be spending two of of those hours in in my in my birthday with you, Darren. Yeah, talking about the new head coach uh, of the Vegas Golden. Well, Knights. listen. It, couldn't have asked for a better birthday present no. than a really interesting talking point to get to on the VGK Insider Show. Bruce Cassidy is the new coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, so we'll talk more about it in hour number two. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.